All right, hello everyone. This is Hunter Doyle from The Take. I'm here with Sanjay George today, and we're interviewing Jacob Pinkney, wide receiver from Virginia Tech. He just transferred to Appalachian State, which is really exciting. Um, one of the ESPN 300 on the class of 2019. Very talented guy. We've watched a lot of film on him. Also the number three player in South Carolina, regardless of position that year they came out. Um, we're really excited to have you, Jacoby. Thank you so much for being here and for taking the time to do this interview with us. And yeah, just tell us how you're doing, man, and how quarantine's been going. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Um, quarantine's been pretty simple. I uh, just finished up classes at Virginia Tech last week. So right now it's just been working out and chilling. Not too much. Good to hear, man. And so for those of us or the, the viewers that don't know you too well, talk to us a little bit about like, yourself and just kind of how you got into football as a kid and your journey up to this point, man. Um, I'm from Spartanburg, South Carolina. I uh, went to Dorman High School, started playing football around age, what, six or seven. I was playing tackle football, and it was just something that came naturally for me, something that I love. So, obviously, I've kept it up throughout the years. Uh, been blessed with many abilities, so it's gotten me places so far in my life that I really like. So um, my goal is to play in the NFL one day. So that's my main goal. So Hey, nice, man. Awesome, man. But those goals will like come apart, come about with people helping you out. So talk to us a little bit about, it can be like a role model. We're talking like family member, coach, friend, somebody who really like helped you get to this point. Uh, my parents. First off, my dad actually coached me up until middle school, but I'm obviously going to give credit to my mom because without my mom, I'm not here either. She done made a lot of sacrifices for me, but my parents for sure. My dad, he coached me. Uh, <laughs> he, he just put a certain, like, a work ethic in me. Uh Obviously, he let me know from an early age nothing's going to be given to me. Everything is acquired with hard work. So that's basically it, my parents and my family. So I've always had a good support system for day one. I'm thankful for that. Awesome. Hey, talk about, as you were just saying, like, nothing's given you. You got to go out there. You got to earn that. Talk to us about just a little bit of, like, some of the hardships, whether it was, like, self-doubt like what were some of the biggest obstacles you had but you can just talk it can be your football career or you can just be talking mm -hmm. life here because as we all know life will throw plenty of obstacles at you anyway so. um literally i was always like i was always the guy but i had i had a stint football wise from probably seventh grade up until the end of my eighth grade year where I was just, I, it was just a down period for me. Like football wasn't really, I, I had, I dealt with a lot. Football wasn't really going how I wanted it to go. And then it all kind of started to click again. Ninth grade, uh, my high school coaches saw something in me. Um, I was maturing a little bit physically. And then my coach put me on JV. I played a little varsity. And then after my ninth grade year, 
I was starting to get some looks from some schools. And I got my first offer at the beginning of the summer after my ninth grade year. From South Carolina was my first offer. I got Virginia Tech like a week later and since then it was it was up. But I dealt I dealt with a I dealt with a lot of football related stuff people didn't know in high school. I dealt with a lot of small like ticky tack injuries. But it was from the from the outsider's perspective, it was like, oh, he's a big time dude. He has he doesn't have to do this. He doesn't have to do that. But behind the scenes, me and my coaches we were trying to figure out a way to have me healthy to play, but knowing that I was dealing with some stuff. So I dealt with a lot of I dealt with a lot throughout high school that a lot of people didn't know about. Definitely, man. Thank you for opening. And obviously, oh, I want to add oh, something. You're good. Um, a lot. We hear the phrase a lot. To a lot is given, a lot is respected. So, it. I mean, I. I'm not gonna say I fed into it. There was a lot of chitter chatter throughout my high school career. Like I said, about people who think I don't deserve this, think I don't deserve that, think I don't deserve that, but. I never really fit into that. I stayed in my own lane. I don't, I don't bother nobody. So definitely, man. Thank you for opening up to us, man. You know, sometimes that stuff is hard to talk about. So we appreciate you just being real with us. And um, sure, yeah. And we respect uh, your journey to this point. So thank you for opening up to us. And so you you just talked about how you went to Dorman High School, um, which is a mm. very good at football high school. I mean. J.J. Ortega Whiteside and Adam Humphreys came out of there. I mean, both very good NFL receivers now. Sure, um, yeah, so just talk to us about the impact of your coaching staff there and your receivers coach and just how they really molded you into a great player throughout the, your, your time there. Um, my head coach, Coach Gutshaw, Dave Gutshaw, uh, he was the person that saw something in me at a probably ninth grade going in. Eighth grade, going to ninth grade, ninth grade. My brother played at Dorman. He played uh, defensive back and receiver at Dorman, mostly defensive back corner. But he he went to App State. He went to Appalachian State. But uh, my, I mean, my receiver coach, Coach White, um, they great. They're great people. Great coaches. Um, they kept me level headed. They never, like, I never got any special treatment. Um, I had great coaches throughout high school, had a, a lot of support from my teammates. So, as far as I, growing up, you a uh, receiver that you didn't name, uh, he played at Clemson with Adam Humphrey, Sharon Pete. That was my idol, like, throughout elementary. He, he wore number 19 at Dorman. I wore number 18. Uh, but he he was the guy I looked up to throughout my little middle school career. He he, I think he held some records at Dorman. J.J. might have broke some, but played for a national championship at Clemson. He came out the year after Adam. They graduated together, but he came out the year after Adam. Um, got drafted by the Jets. And now he's with the Jaguars. So that was my idol. That was the guy I looked up to. It's awesome, man, for sure. Great to hear that. And so 
you had multiple power five offers from what we know, uh, coming out of high school, very good player. And, you know, the decision process is tough for anyone, even especially student athletes. Um, so talk to us about kind of like what really made Virginia tech appealing at first. And then, um, you don't have to go into detail if there's like personal reasons with transferring to app state, but just like what kind of led you to, to make that decision this year. Um, well, like I said, Virginia Tech was my second offer coming out of high school. So, for me, it was kind of like we'd had a relationship from the start. And my position coach at the time, we had a great relationship. And my mindset with Virginia Tech was, I'm going to go to Virginia Tech and I'm going to make a difference. Like gonna be the guy that's always my goal I'm a team guy first but every player wants to be the guy while helping their team out because if you're the guy obviously you're playing good um, helping your team win the goal is to win but um my after the week a week or two after I signed my position coach the first coach whoever uh the first coach who ever saw me, he he left and took the receiver coaching job at Alabama. So I was kind of in the situation because I had already signed. So it was, I'm not gonna say it was doomed from the start, but it was. It, that's not how you want to start off. Uh, so I had uh, Jafar Williams replaced him. Great coach, great guy, but uh, it was some issues I'm not going to speak on, but it was some situations that showed me what I needed to see, and I chose to transfer. Um, The reason I chose App State is, for me, I think it made the most sense. Good, good program, winning program. Um, as far as receivers, I know Corey and Thomas and uh, Malik. All those guys will be seniors this year, so it was kind of a need for them. It was either going to be me or they was going to get somebody else, but I think I fit in well. And that's a, I love Boom. So for me, it was a business decision. Uh, Obviously, ain't not a power five school, which a lot of people look deep into that. My mindset is, if you're a winning team, it's a winning team. At the end of the day, it's FBS. They play power five teams that will be playing against good good competition. Like I said, my ultimate goal is to get to the NFL. So, I watched the draft this year, 25 receiver draft in the first five rounds, and at least 10 of those receivers for, from group of five schools. So that's that was my mindset going into this. So my whole thing with App State is I'm going to be a team guy. I'm going to help my team win. I want to win first and foremost. And then I want to make a, a, a impact to where when the time comes where I'm eligible for the draft, it won't be a – Thing where I'm second guessing myself. It's like, I, I've been working for this my whole life. Now it's time to go get it. Great answer, man. Great to hear, man.
anyway, so you told us a bit about, obviously, you're going through the college career right now. But let's to go back a little bit to your high school career. Mm. What do you miss the most about your time at Dortmund? Uh, I, I'd say, first, first off, my junior year was probably the funnest year um, of my high school career. Uh, we went to state championship, lost by one point. That was a rough one, but that was a, that was a great team. But uh, I say the thing I miss most is just high school is a little simpler. Um, people are a little more, well, a lot more genuine. It's not as much as a business, so you can just obviously playing football because you love football, but you really, you really like just the whole the camaraderie of the team with guys you grew up with. Um, it was just it's a lot simpler. I would tell high school players, people that are in high school right now, don't take it for granted. Because college is a lot different. Obviously, it's a lot more that goes into it. But if you love football, you shouldn't have a problem with that. But for sure, just the atmosphere. My our stadium is huge, and even away games just it's nothing like Friday night lights. Hey man, good to hear that stuff. Thank you for giving us a little inside track on your time there. But. This next question I'm going to ask, if you thought asking you what you missed most about high school was going to be hard, this next question I'm going to ask you is going to be even more difficult. Every athlete I know, doesn't even be football, it could be basketball, track, any of them, they all got a favorite moment from their time in the sport. What's your favorite moment from your football career? <laughs> um, my favorite moment. I'm gonna give you two. I'm gonna give you two. Let right. me give you two instances. My favorite, favorite game of my career was the Upper State Championship. The game to see who goes to state championship my junior year. That was we locked, We won that game by maybe one or a couple points. We got a pick on the last play of the game. They were driving. We got an interception, but. That was probably the loudest and most packed game I've ever played in my life. We played in Gaffney High School. And then favorite moment, which was short-lived, was the next game in the state championship. We were down seven with 20-something seconds, 20-something seconds left. And I caught a touchdown, got my helmet knocked off. It was crowd went crazy, and but what what I didn't know was I couldn't be in the next play. So we the coach guys and how he asked us what we want to do. We want to kick the field goal going overtime. We want to uh, go for two, and we said go for two, but I couldn't be on the field. So I watched from the sideline. We we missed a two point conversion by like two inches, Dang. and we lost. That's heartbreaking, man. It's tough, tough with the helmet sure. too. I mean, who knows what would have happened if you if you had gotten another chance on the play. I'm sure, I was I was gonna ask him to come back to me. <laughs> Definitely, man. And so it's crazy. Um, actually, the DB 
the corner that I was playing against. Great corner. He, you heard of Bryce Thompson? He's at uh, Tennessee right now. He's he probably gonna be a first, second round draft pick next year or the year after that. So, yeah, I was playing against good competition. We competed, competed a lot that game. Definitely, man. Respect. And so you're listed at um, it's like six foot two, around two hundred pounds. You got great size as a receiver. So tell us a little bit about your play style and. You know, are you kind of like more of a contested catch guy or you like to use your speed and route running or kind of a little bit of everything that you bring to the game? I think now, after a year of college under my belt, working the way I work, I say I got a little, I have a little bit of everything. Uh, I, one thing that when I talk to college coaches getting recruited, Talk to Nick Saban about this. Uh, Kirby Smart. They all uh, they love they like they like the way I attack the ball, um, catch the ball in my hands. Um, one one thing that they all told me that I I should keep working on was my being explosive after the catch. Like as soon as you catch the ball, being violent. So. This year, that was one thing that I really emphasized. Like in practice, catching the ball, I'm running at least another 10, 15 yards when I'm out here throwing with a quarterback while I'm home, catching the ball, running at least another 10, 15 yards. Because, like they say, practice makes perfect. So I'm getting in the habit of that now. So I know when I'm back on the field at App State, that'll become second nature. But I'd say I'm. I like to say I can do it all. Um, I like to be – I would consider myself an aggressive receiver. Uh, don't have a problem blocking. Block, in my mind, blocking blocking creates a good run game. A good run game opens up the pass game. So, mm-hmm. it's all benefiting me and the team at the end of the day. Yeah, great answer, man. That's some, that's some good company to hear some of those compliments from too, so – Major respect to you, man. And I mean, you sure. kind of talked about some of the guys who, who played at your high school that you looked up to. Um, so you can, do you kind of have anyone you model your play after, or maybe not even model your play after, but just really admire in the NFL today? Um, I like the way Julio plays. Uh, just simple as that. Actually, which, which is high praise and I don't – I just <laughs> listen, but when I when I visited Alabama, uh, Nick Saban told me he told me I, some things in my game remind remind me of Julio, which was high praise for me. First of all, coming from Nick Saban. Second of all, because Julio Jones is a top two, top mm-hmm. three receiver in the NFL, arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So. I watch a lot of his his footwork off the line. Um, I take a I take a lot from a lot of receivers, honestly. But mm-hmm. if I could pick one one person, like okay, you can't you can't take a lot of stuff from a lot of different people. You gotta choose one person. I'm gonna choose Julio because he is uh, aggressive at the point of attack when it comes to like catching the ball. Um, he's good with his hands, which is one thing that. I consciously worked on this past year 
being good with my hands. Um, it's a small thing that goes a long way. Um, his footwork off the line is really good. He runs good routes to for a big guy. Even if he was small, he runs good routes. Like he's fluid. Snap down, catch the ball. And after the catch, like I said, after the catch, he's a, a man amongst boys. So I don't want to see Julio after the catch. Nobody. Are you, anyway, I mean, personally, I agree with you too, man. I think Julio's number one receiver in the NFL. But moving on, both you and Julio, you wideouts need quarterback to throw you the ball. So mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about that relationship, how relationship with the quarterback can help or hurt. Do you feel it really impacts you at all? Do you feel there's a big difference if the relationship is better? That sort of thing. Um, that's having a great relationship with your quarterback is a big thing. Um, no matter what anybody tries to tell you from experience, you having a good relationship with your quarterback. Like when it comes to in-game, communication is a big thing. So if you're on your quarterback, communication-wise, if you can't tell your quarterback the truth or if your quarterback can't come to you be like, all right, that's my fault. I messed up. Or you can't go to your receiver and say, all right, that's my fault. I messed up. That's going to cause problems. And I, I've, I know that from experience. I play with four different quarterbacks. My high school, I had a different quarterback every year of high school. So, yeah, that's, that's big. Because my, my junior year, me and my quarterback had a great relationship. See where that got us. Um, we had he was a he, this sounds crazy. He was in the thousand yard rusher, and we had two um, running backs, thousand yard rushers, and I was a thousand yard receiver. That that's not heard of. Quarterback rushing for a thousand yards, throwing for a thousand yards, and two running backs running for a thousand yards. So everybody got a piece, but it was it wasn't. It sounds crazy, but the way we did things. He knows, like, I trust my receiver. So, he he throwing the ball in my vicinity. He knows Jacoby not going to leave me high and dry. But at the same time, I know he's a mobile quarterback. So, if he get to running, I know I'm downfield block. So, yeah, that's – having a good relationship with your quarterback is, is big for sure because it's trust. If quarterback doesn't trust you, you're not going to play at your full potential. You're not going to throw you 50, 50 balls. Any, anything in traffic, you're not. It's just – it'll come bite you in, in the biggest moments. Like, in the biggest moments, my junior year, my quarterback trusts me, and we came out on top. Just like that uh, state championship game, that kids. It was a, a slant. He knew – he put the ball – yeah, he knew I was gonna be there. So he he let the ball go out with me now my break. And he wanted you impression. So he trusts me, I trust him. Prime himself. Hey, great answer, bro. But it's not just the quarterback. You know, you got them boys on defense, you got them all on offense, and it's everybody mm-hmm. in the locker room. It's a whole team coming together for that win. So talk to us a little bit about that locker room chemistry, the role it played for you in high school, your one year in Virginia Tech role you hope it'll play for you at App State. Just talk to us about it, man. Um, that's a big thing. 
locker room chemistry. Locker room chemistry really can be the difference between a win and a loss, honestly, because if everybody is on the same page in the locker room, I'm going to give you an example. Say you're playing a tight game, come to halftime, you're down by a touchdown or two. A locker room that's together, everybody is going to be right, positive. We know we got to do uplifting. Like, we together. Like, it's nothing, 7, 14 points. No negativity. We're going to do what we got to do. We worked to get this. All right, let's go do it. A locker room that's divided somewhat. All it takes is one bad apple or one bad apple that that can influence people around. And it's like he says something negative. Doubt start to slip in. You don't have uh you don't have leaders in the locker room that can that are respected that can bring everybody's mind back and it's kind of like the football is mental it's a physical game but it's mental if you don't think you can do something if you don't have leaders on your team at the end of the day it doesn't come down to coaching it comes down to players camaraderie in the locker room so that plays a big role and if you if you got a team that's tight people want to play for each other so Definitely, man. Couldn't agree more. Um, thank you for thank you for telling us a little little inside scoop on that. And so, um, we've talked a little bit about your time at Virginia Tech. So, what's kind of like one thing that you learned during your time there that you kind of want to carry over with you to App State? Um, I'd say um, one some physically. I'd say. You got to train. It's not not as well, obviously as far as weight. You got to train hard. But when you training outside of football, like outside of the team, like by yourself or with a quarterback, you got to train like you play. The reason for that is because, like, when you're in a game atmosphere or you're in a live practice, you got to go ahead and put your body through that. So. When when the time comes, you don't have to second guess it. Like it's just go time. And uh, another thing, probably you gotta. It's a mental game. So just like I said, you gotta train hard. You gotta study hard. Knowing your stuff, knowing plays, watching film, that's just as important as practicing hard because. That's like uh what, what example can I give you? Um, it's like you being the strongest kid in the school, but coach puts you at O line or something and you jumping outside every play. You you not you don't know your assignment, you missing blocks. You can be strong when you finally get your hands on somebody. You can take them to the stands, take them to the sideline, but you're never gonna be able to show that off because you're not there mentally. So that's a big thing. That's something I learned. Something I learned from older guys. They helped me a lot. Uh, Damon Hamilton, he transferred. He's at Missouri now. But I learned a lot from him about being getting 
prepared mentally and physically. You got to know your stuff because that makes that makes the game that slows the game down by like ten times. So that's a big thing. Yeah, of course, man. And so as you move on to App State now, I mean, um, they're a very exciting program. I, I'm a big App State guy. I mean, you know, back in the day, they they transferred to the FBS, but before they did, they got that big upset over Michigan. Um, and I mean, they're competing for Sun Belt titles every year now in the FBS, and you know, they're a winner, like you said. So how excited is it to join that program and also join the program that your brother Brandon played for um, when he was there for his for his four years? Um, I'm excited, honestly. Uh, first of all, it's always exciting playing for a winning program because you want to uphold the standard. Obviously, you want to add to it. Um, my mindset right now, I'm just preparing for it. And I'm thankful to have the opportunity to still play ball at a high level. Um, be around great people every day because I know what that program's about. I know the people up there. I know the guys who come through that program and great fans, great atmosphere. It's nothing, everything you can ask for. And the part about my brother, I mean, I got to uphold the standard, make my family proud. So that's, that's all. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, great to hear, man. Anyway, as we're going basically into the next upcoming year, you're not going to be able to play next year due to the transfer rules. But what are some of your goals play style wise just heading into 2020? Play style? Yeah. Stuff you want to improve on, stuff like that. Say it again. Stuff you would want to improve on. Um, well, first off, um, I'm, uh, I'm going to try to, I'm going to apply for the waiver, see if I can get the waiver. But if not, regardless, things I want to improve on is, um, physically want to get stronger, continue to get faster, um, learn App State system inside and out because that's going like I said, that's going to slow the game down for me. That's going to make things 10 times easier. Um, I just – I want to get better overall as receiver as far as footwork releases, continue to be good with my hands, reading defenses. That's a big – that's uh, one of the big things. Um, and just maturity-wise on the football field, I'm a – I'm not going to be a freshman, underclassman anymore. So I'm going to be like, all right, you got to step up as a leader. Uh, you got to be a guy. People in the locker room, people outside the locker room can look at and be like, okay, we can we can tell our kids or tell a guy, a younger guy, that's who you need to look at. That's, that's who you should be like. That's who you can model yourself and your game after. Yeah, hey, man, speak on it. Especially yeah. what you said about that reading defenses thing. That, if you ask me, is the difference between a good receiver and an excellent receiver. And the professionalism, you were speaking on Julio earlier, a consummate professional, always shows up, always respectable, gets his work done. Two great qualities to look for, dude. Yeah, for sure. And so, 
for all the all the diehard App State fans out there who are excited about you you coming to play, uh, tell them what they're getting in Jacoby Pinkney from Snap One. Um, I'm gonna try to be as consistent as possible. I always want to win. Um, I'm gonna be a stand up guy. I was gonna be a leader. Um, never be afraid to come talk to me or anything like that. I'm just a normal person, uh, chill guy. I don't do too much. I just like to hang out at the house, play ball, go to school. I'm a pretty simple guy. So getting a, a guy who wants to win, a guy who's going to work hard, and my goal is to be my goal is to be the best receiver to come through App State, best receiver in the country, and I want to win. That's that's what I shoot for, no matter what anybody else got to say, whether they think that's attainable or not. It's always been my uh, goal from high school and ultimately playing the NFL. Yeah, big-time stuff, man. Love to hear that. So we're going to do a couple fun get-to-know-you questions to wrap up. So we gotta know, man. What's what's your favorite touchdown celebration you you've hit before, or or just one that you want to hit when you're at App State? Crazy thing is, I've I never celebrated a touchdown in high school in my life that I can think of. But if I was to do a, a touchdown celebration at App State, it would probably, it would be something that's involving my teammates because. I always been big on like perception. Obviously, people gonna think what they want to think, but I try to keep the perception of me being selfish or arrogant. I try to keep that at all time. Of like simple things that I just simple things I wouldn't do. You like people are telling me that's it's not even that serious, but it's like I'm I'm in the public eye more than anybody else. So they gonna look at me like. Who does he think he is, such and such? But yeah, it would definitely be a celebration involving my teammates, uh, a lineman picking me up or something, <laughs> something simple. Very classy, man. A lot of respect for that. I'd love to hear that. And so here's another question If you could go back in time and meet one historical figure, who would it be? Um, well, now the way it's going. I would want to meet either uh, Muhammad Ali or Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is my favorite athlete, but obviously we know he's gone now. I've seen Kobe play in person a couple times, probably like two or three times, but meeting him, that's for sure. I I would want to meet Kobe, whether that's why he's in the NBA or after. I, I think I want to talk to him after. Pick his brain. To me, he's... One of the greatest athletes that would play as far as mindset, the way he played the game, the way he attacked the game, uh mentally, physically. That <laughs> that hurt me a lot, him passing away. But yeah, it'll probably be Kobe Bryant. For sure. Man, you're saying it like me Hunter from Philadelphia. I guess I remember when my sister first told me that, I just thought it was a joke. Like I didn't yeah, believe it. I was with my roommate who we was about to go work out. And when I saw it, I thought it, I was like, it can't be real. And when they confirmed it was real, I couldn't even, mm-hmm. couldn't, 
I couldn't work out anymore. I couldn't do nothing. I, I had no motivation to do nothing for like a week or two. That was tough. Yeah. yeah hurt, Shame to think of how that's gone. Back, he's a historical figure now. But, all right, let's move it along. If you weren't playing football, what would your dream job be? Mm. Well, I want to get into real estate. But I don't know if that would be considered a dream job. But specifically, I don't, I don't know if I have an answer, but it definitely wouldn't be like, it would be somewhere I'd be able to travel, help people. But obviously, you know, you want to make a lot of money. But it would probably be something along those lines. As far as like a, the answer you probably want to start like exotic as an exotic job or something. Uh, I'd be a pilot, <laughs> fly planes. <laughs> all right, all right. At the same time. Okay. Well, I mean, that's great, man. That's pretty much the interview. Thanks for doing this with us. Oh, we do. Got, we got one more question. Sanjay, oh, okay. last one. <laughs> I missed All one. Right. All right. Hold up. My bad, man. I thought we were wrapping up there, but we are now. We got one more for you. After this whole quarantine thing is over, what's the first restaurant you're going to with your squad? Uh, Chipotle. <laughs> Classy. One word answer. I like it. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Love, love Chipotle. Sure. So, well, thank you so much for being with us, Jacoby. We really appreciate it. Just like Sanjay said, thank you for your time and stay safe, man. This is a tough time for everyone, but we really thank you, man. Like this was a really special opportunity and we're excited to watch you play um, as your career moves on. And we're going to be watching you at App State, hopefully. And hopefully, I think, I mean, I, I definitely think you're going to play in the NFL someday, hopefully for our, our Eagles here in Philly. That'd be really exciting. So, um, yeah, best of luck, man. Anything you want to say before we sign off? And I appreciate you guys reaching out. That's about it. Come on, some people, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. We'll see you, Jacoby. See you. Man.